This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. For many of the beer enthusiasts, Taiwan's selection leaves something to be desired. At most convenience stores and bars, the options are limited to Taiwan PGO and a handful of foreign imports. But that's changing slowly. It was only in 2002 that the market opened up to competition at all. Before that, the makers of Taiwan PGO had a government-regulated monopoly on all beer making. In the past few years, a growing movement of home brewers and small-scale craft beer makers have been working to bring craft brewing to Taiwan. Turning out new locally developed flavors and batch by batch, bringing a little variety to Taiwan's beer market. For a little perspective on small-scale brewing in Taiwan, we're joined by Michael Forencrook. He's the founder and the owner of Pacific Brewcraft, a Taichung-based company supplying brewing ingredients and equipment. Michael Forencrook, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me today. Can you give us a sense of how big the market is for home brewing supplies? How many people in Taiwan are interested in doing this? Well, just to give you an example, in Taiwan, home brewing has really only been around for maybe three years at the most. And the, you know, prior to the last say, 18 months or so, it's really been an underground social movement uh, that's existed almost entirely on Facebook uh, and, uh, and a few personal blogs that uh, people have started up. So really, I think uh, it's quite small still, and uh, I would say it's, it's pretty large in terms of Asia's demographic in general. I would say uh, just on Facebook alone, we're looking at at least 2,000 serious home brewers uh, who regularly visit homebrew pages on Facebook and uh, you know trade information, trade recipes, techniques, ask questions about fermentation, et cetera, et cetera. So it's relatively small compared to you know other Western nations, but uh, I would say in the last 18 months or so, it, it's really been taking off. Now, in your experience, why is homebrewing something that people are getting into? Well, I think, you know, in general, Taiwan really has a strong DIY community. You know, there's a local governments uh, offer community courses, everything from guitar lessons to how to make tea and coffee. And, and really, I think in Taiwan, people really enjoy getting their hands dirty, you know, so to speak, and, and doing things on their own at home and learning new uh, techniques to making food products, beverages, etc. So I, I think the culture is actually quite conducive to home brewing. And, and so far, what we've seen is uh, everything from retirees to third-year, fourth-year college students really getting into it. Uh, believe it or not, we, a, a large uh, group of our customers are actually retirees who are looking for something to, fun to do and something to share with their friends. So it's definitely something that people are enjoying right now. And would you say that most of the people getting into this are foreigners? Is this mostly being contained within the expat community, or, or are locals getting into this as well? Yeah, I would say, um, again, what I know, majority of our customers are actually locals. And the foreigners actually find us via referral from, let's say, a local pub or a local imported beer bottle shop. Uh, or if they happen to know someone you know, in the local community, maybe a father or parents of a student, if they're a teacher, for example, they actually end up finding out about us through the locals. So it's, it's quite interesting to see this develop. Um, and we really see a great deal of people from the local community, north and south, Kaohsiung to Taipei to Taichung. It's, it's quite exciting. 
Now, another reality in Taiwan is that there's just not that much selection when you go to your Seven Eleven, when you go to most bars, even. Why don't we see more diversity in the Taiwan beer market? Well, I think a lot of it is because、uh, Taiwan has been dominated by a single brew production and a certain specific brand for quite some time. You know, there are a small number of imported beers, but you know, everywhere you go in Taiwan, convenience stores,、uh, mom and pop restaurants on the corner, you know, really that Taiwan Pijo is really the beer that you see everywhere. And it, it's you know, they have the distribution network set up. They've been here a long time. They have name brand recognition, and so you know the smaller breweries that are starting up right now really have to struggle in order to get that sort of recognition. So, getting back to the point about why people are interested in home brewing, do you think that the fact that there's so little selection plays a role in in sparking that interest? Well, I think selection is definitely a issue because what happens is you get individuals in Taiwan that travel abroad and. And they see and they taste other flavors that are available in other countries, and they come back to Taiwan and they wonder, well, why don't we have this here? You know, so they become interested in, you know, what can I do to replicate that beer that I had in this other country? And you know, they start talking with their friends, and then they start learning about how to actually brew the beer, and that's really where it takes off from there. Now, your company does offer. Classes on how to make your own beer, how to do this home brewing. Could you give us、uh, the basic rundown of what are some of the basic procedures and basic supplies that we would need to make beer ourselves? Oh, sure. Well, obviously, the basic ingredients of beer, any beer, is malt, hops, yeast, and sugar, and of course, water. So you do need obviously to have those. And then, in terms of equipment, there's bottles, caps. You need a, a pot to boil. Malts in after you've steeped them, and you need something to strain grain, the malts and hops with. So you need a like a linen material or some kind of a nylon bag that you can strain these materials,、uh, strain water through them. And then, of course, you you know again, you need bottles in order to ferment your beer and siphon the beer into bottles when you're going to cap it. So you know that's really a basic set of equipment. There are more sophisticated levels of brewing that require、uh, different types of equipment for. Being able to control temperatures better、uh, while you're actually steeping grains, but really, it's not that much equipment.、Uh, the initial expense is quite low. And is this something that somebody could do in just an apartment, or do you need more space than that? Actually, that's a good question.、Um, there are basically two types of ways to brew beer. One, you can use grains, which does require more equipment and more time, and a burner and more room, because it does require more equipment. And then、uh, there's actually a way to use extract malts. And using extract malts, you don't even need to boil、uh, anything. And you can basically pour an extract malt into a bottle, throw your yeast in, put a top on, and wait seven days. And then at that point, you're ready to go ahead and bottle your beer. So it's actually quite easy for those that live in small quarters. In heavily populated areas, so it's very conducive to、uh, Taiwan's tight housing market. So, what challenges would people face? What special challenges would people face when they try to make beer in Taiwan, in particular? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll tell you, Taiwan does tend to get kind of warm during the summer months. Even during the winter months, we have had some hot days lately. And so, the big issue is. Beer yeast doesn't like temperatures really above 22 to 25 degrees, and so the biggest challenge is controlling those temperatures. And most of our home brewers have found very creative ways of doing that. Everything from putting their fermentation bottle into a 
an ice bath uh, to actually refurbishing used refrigerator or used freezer, putting a thermometer in, thermostatic device inside to actually regulate temperatures. But there's definitely ways of getting around it. It just depends how creative and how much time you have uh, to actually do that. So, of course, the home brewers of today are the craft microbrewers of tomorrow, and there is a lot of talk of more local microbrews taking off in Taiwan. What can you tell us about the growth of this market and this movement? Sure. Well, as we know, the brewing really you know, opened up to the general public and to competition in Taiwan back in 2002. And I would say you know, between 2004 and 2008, there were really maybe three or four breweries that really got a start in Taiwan independent microbreweries. So since 2008, these initial three or four breweries have kept going. And after 2011, we've actually seen a lot more craft breweries start up. Um, and generally, I would say that, that 12 to 14 breweries have really gotten off the ground just in the last three years. Uh, so it's really exciting. I, I wish I had a crystal ball to look at the future and and see where the diversity of beer making in Taiwan is going. But it'll be exciting to watch. Of the local brews that you see people making, what are some of the most interesting flavors that you've tried so far? Well, just uh, as an example, Bay Taiwan Pijo, North Taiwan uh, Beer Company, and a really interesting lychee beer that I've never experienced before coming to Taiwan. It's, it's kind of soft, it's sweet, a little bit dry at the same time, quite refreshing, but just a very unique flavor. Other flavors I've had from homebrewers in particular, uh, one particular homebrewer is using a, a olive, you know, locally grown uh, wild olives to make a beer and uh, propagating their own wild yeast out of olives. Um, there are other flavors such as locally grown coffee. People have used uh, coffee and locally grown vanilla beans to produce some interesting uh, dark beers. Uh, I'm a big advocate in locally grown products and beer, so I, I really enjoy uh, when I see someone making unique flavors with unique agricultural products. Um, and uh, definitely fruits is something that uh, I've seen a lot of people working on, passion fruits and even strawberries, melons, that's another one. But uh, I definitely see a great deal of interest in, in people uh, wanting those fruit flavors. Uh, the problem is balancing the sugar levels <laughs> and making it a beer and not a, uh, a wine. So that's always a challenge, I think, for a lot of people. Earlier, you mentioned to me that you had even seen somebody uh, try to make some betel nut beer. Uh, did you have a chance to try that yourself? You know, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but uh, the person who's uh, been making it actually took fresh betel nut and has roasted it and uh, dried it and is using it to add aroma and some amount of flavor to the beer in fermentation. I will be looking forward to trying it. They've said that it's actually quite nutty, a little bit on the bitter side, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be a market out there for it somewhere, <laughs> given the fact that there's a lot of beetle nut consumption in Taiwan. So it does seem to me that, at, at least so far, the range of flavors that people are willing to take on on Taiwan are, is fairly, fairly limited. Do you see a local interest in these stranger, more crafty, more uh, exotic kind of flavors? Well, I, I do. In fact, I think people really like familiarity. Familiarity is something people are comfortable with. makes them feel at home. And I think people really enjoy supporting local agriculture as well. But I think the flavors is something that's a big issue with people wanting to have something that's familiar to them. For example, I have a lot of friends in Taiwan, local Taiwanese, who enjoy Belgian, dark Belgian beers, uh, because these beers have a very rich prune or raisin 
sweetness to them, and some of them have remarked that it, it's very similar to the local plums that are aged and are available in a variety of stores, the sweet plums or the salted plums. Um, so I think uh, there's a great potential, and I think people are really, really comfortable with local tastes and trying to integrate that into locally produced beer. How soon can we start to expect seeing some of these flavors and these microbrews that you're talking about in our bars and in our local convenience stores? Well, I would say in local bars, we are already starting to see that. I, I would say, you know, greater market penetration is going to take between five and ten years before you're really going to see it in local convenience stores. And I think that a lot of that is just because of, uh, again, distribution and, you know, people really have to be able to have relationships with a lot of these uh, store owners, these business owners, in order to get their beer in their hands. So it's going to take a lot of hard work uh, on the part of a lot of the microbreweries uh, if they really want to push their beer out there. You know, the competition they have is, is huge. The name brand that Taiwan Beer has is, is huge. No matter what you think of it, um, the challenge that local breweries are going to have um, but again, it's going to take uh, quite a number of years to, to get it into like local distribution chain. Unless uh, you might see, let's say, for example, some brewery consolidation, which could occur. As a particular brewery's beer might become popular, you'll probably see larger breweries maybe absorb them. And at that point, you, you might, <laughs> again, the distribution of those beers will become more and more common as a beer joins forces with another company that has more power. So it'll be exciting, as I said, very exciting to see where the uh, craft brew industry goes in Taiwan. We'll just have to sit back and watch. We've been speaking to Michael Forencrook. He's the founder and the owner of Pacific Brewcraft. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having us on today, and we really enjoyed our time with you. If you want to learn more about making your own beer, you can visit the website for the company's home brew division, DIY Beer Supply. You can find that at DIYBeerSupply.com.tw. We'd also like to send out a big thank you to ICRT contributor Tom Fury. His article in the March issue of Centered on Taipei magazine about brewing in Taiwan gave us the idea for this topic. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. This helps us bring you the kind of shows you want to hear and makes it easier for other people to discover the program. For ICRT, I'm Keith Menconi.